complicated. That's my relationship status with the black church. It's complicated. Looking back times past, it's like sometimes we go together real bad and sometimes we don't. And I won't take full responsibility for the toxicity and inconsistency of this relationship. Blurred lines, playing games with my mind, mixed signals at time had me questioning if I could ever be enough, even in God's eyes belittling misogyny, always followed by apology, stirring up my insecurity, causing me to second guess me. And I can't quite put my finger on it, but something about this relationship is feeling real abusive. I keep trying to spirit by the spirit, but the results keep coming up inconclusive because on the one hand, we say love, grace, and mercy. And on that same hand, we say no, but not for you. It's like the church folk pick and choose. We treat Christianity like some secret exclusive club and we already decided who ain't getting in. And if you get in, we got a list of ways to meet our approval if you ever expect to fit in. We got outsiders outside the building and outsiders inside the building because of the hierarchy of significance. And I might not fully know what love is, but I know it don't look or feel like this. Picture me, a church girl inside the walls feeling less than disregarded and dismissed by church folks. Separation of church and, church and state is what they say, but somehow, some way, we've jumped headfirst into a separation of church and Christ, a place where the two no longer look alike, where those who came for healing end up in a fight. And church girls, since birth, all my life, I had to fight, and many times leaving with more bruises than when I came in. My fellow Christians, if our mission is to drive people towards love and away from sin, then GPS told us 100 miles ago, we were headed in the wrong direction. So where is the U-turn? We need a complete 180. The judgment, empty rhetoric, false prophecies have gotten way out of hand lately. And I hope this be our wake-up call to action, to change this ignorant mindset that somehow to God, I'm better than you because I break different rules. And we totally overlook that his love breaks the law for everybody. So my sins, my short skirt, my depression, my attitude, drug addiction, abortion, pregnancy, gender identity, who I love, when we turn it over to Christ, it's all covered under his blood. And you would think that would be a good thing. But it's got us church folk in distress, unhinged, screwed, unglued, because when you bring Jesus in the picture, the worst of the worst of the sinners become just like you. The playing field is now even. And when he looks at us through love, we all look the same. That's the whole reason why he came. So we would all have a chance to claim his name. But instead of just loving your neighbor as yourself, we tend to make this path to Christ so hard until we push some folks to say to hell with it all. Literally, we got to do better and present the opportunity for him equally. My love for Christ, it don't waver. But as for now, my relationship with church folk, well, it's complicated. Mm. <laughs> for that one. I felt that in my yes. soul. I really did. There was parts of that. I was like, okay. All right, y'all. Welcome to MJ and the Word podcast. I am MJ. And I am the Word. BJ Word to be exact. What's up, y'all? <laughs> What's up? And so as you all know, we are doing part two of reactions of a church girl. So let's go ahead and get into it. There was a, there was a few things you said in there where I was like, um, the separation, you said it's no longer the separation of church and state, but the separation of church and Christ. Yeah. Can you 
whoo, that was heavy. <laughs> I was like, just like, look, tell me what your interpretation of that is. Like, what, what, what are you thinking? Like when you wrote that? You know, for me, it's like, I, I feel as though the church should be the ultimate representation of Jesus. You know, what he stood for, what he came for. It, it wasn't about uh, criticizing and condemning people. He said that very clearly. And so it, it, it has come to a place and it's sad where in a lot of situations, we don't look like him. It's like we, we, we have this, there's a separation, there's a difference. And you should not feel a difference <laughs> in your relationship with Christ than your relationship with the church. Because the church is supposed to be the body of Christ, right? So we should be, and not that we're not human and we don't make mistakes, but there should not be this vast difference between uh, people now having to say, hey, I ain't religious, I'm spiritual. People started mm -hmm. saying that often in, in a lot of cases, people say that because of how religion looks and how the church presents it. And we don't um, a lot of times represent Christ very well because instead of looking and sounding like love, we look and sound like our egos. We look and sound like pride. We look and sound like our own insecurities and our own desperate need to, to feel important and significant. And that's not what Christ looks like at all. He looks like humility. Where's that? How we missed that? Yeah. And you know what? I agree with that wholeheartedly. I actually... I can't remember if I sent this video to you on Instagram, but it was a group of uh, people singing in the choir. And then the pastor was like, oh, just stop. You know, I'm getting bored with this. <sighs> did you see that video? Yes, I did. <laughs> okay. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't believe he had that response because it was so much arrogance and ego in that. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. You're, you're right. That's like opposite of what Christ would have done mm -hmm. probably he would have them sing the song because you know they're in a state of worship right especially if you ever sang in a choir you know sometimes you are like you are in the zone right you are like worshiping Christ you're not just singing um and so you're you're absolutely right it, it's sometimes we let our egos get the better of us we let our um you know just our opinions of what things should be mm -hmm. and should be um even if it's not in line with the church's teachings and Christ yes and so, um, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. And the first thing I thought about our conversation last week, I was like, this could have been, you might have had somebody there that was their first time going to church. <laughs> and now they're like, oh, is this how church people act? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that reminds me, uh, you know, of a story. Um, my mom was the church that where I grew up, she literally was on her way to commit suicide. And that's how she ended up joining that church right so the church is close to the river and that was her plan she was gonna just go down to the river and and jump in that was, she was done and she only stopped by this church because she wanted to hear the choir one last time um before um she she died she was like this this is what the last thing i want to hear and after the choir sings i'm gonna leave and so that particular day they had a guest preacher and she ended up, you know, staying longer. And of course, you know, she lives, she's here. She, she decided not to do it. But what if that was a day where the, the pastor just told the choir to stop, shut up. Y'all don't sound good. I don't like this song. What if the, I mean, just what would have happened? 
You know what I'm saying? Or if she caught a rude usher who belittled her at the door or something like that, or the, or the pastor had been in his ego that day and it told and did the same thing this one just did that you're talking about on IG and told the choir to shut up. It's like we, I think we had to be more careful um, of, of the things we do and say as church people because we can bruise people like I was talking about in the spoken word piece, you know, there have been so many times where I went to church and I left there feeling worse than when I got there, you know, and I'm not talking about any church in, in particular, but just over time, you know what I'm saying? And you never know where somebody's frame of mind is. And even as a pastor, if you're not in the right frame of mind, get somebody else to, you know, to preach that day, get somebody else to speak. Maybe you need to stay at home and take a nap. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe you hungry, you need to eat because pastors are human. So if you feel irritated and you are angry with the, with the praise team or whatever, it's not a, it's not a good idea to sit up there and blurt that out over the microphone because now the whole world is listening. How do the people who are singing feel? now how did the people in the in the audience in the congregation feel how now because of social media how does the whole world now feel about what you just did you know what i'm saying and so um that's where i think we have to we have to be careful and treat our relationship even even the things that we know uh, about Christ, our relationship with Christ, treated like a precious gift that we are trying desperately to give to everybody, mm-hmm. not something that we own and we got the rights to, so we can just we can just do or say whatever we want, and that that's not the way. You're not gonna draw anybody like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I think the biggest thing too. Um, like and we said this last week, our intent is not to come off like we're trying to beat up the church. Uh, we are church goers we're christians we're believers um but really it's just a call to action like what can we do better and how can we model the teachings of christ right and i will say over the years um i have had some really great role models that have been in the church too uh, so even though i did experience some things where i was like <laughs> i feel traumatized right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because of someone's reaction to me I, last week i talked about how i asked a woman uh like you know how do we know god is real and i asked her that when i was a kid and she just she shut me down she right. was like question god you know i was like oh um but you know on the contrary i can honestly say that i don't think i, I would be where i am today if it weren't for um a lot of people in the church who i've looked up to who have who have been um excellent examples of how to walk the talk right mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. one actually one lady here um her name is mrs gilmore and she has had a huge impact on me we talk all the time she's always checking on me and i check on her um and so i just think about over the years all of the different people that i've been i've been blessed to know mm-hmm. and, and i'm grateful that i knew them otherwise i probably would have been like nah i'm good <laughs> like yep. just being and, it, and not saying that my faith is reliant on people, but I'm saying like, I probably would be in that space too, where I'm like, I don't need a building. I can pray on my own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. need to be inside of a physical chapel or cathedral or church yeah. to work. Um, but that fellowship piece is important to me. Right. And so, like I said, I, I really feel blessed that I do have at least those good positive interactions and I, yeah. you know. I'm focused on those instead of the, some of the traumatizing things. Right, right. Because 
<laughs> you know, for me, there were there were a lot of traumatizing things, man. And I think <laughs> I think that 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 is my hope for for this uh, or for these episodes is is for people who have experienced that, who who are dealing with that still, um, to find healing. You know, because if church is something that you have enjoyed and you you want to go and you want to be a part of it. I would hate for somebody to allow somebody else to keep them from, you know, doing something that they love and enjoy. And so I think you you made a, a very good point, you know, because when you look at the whole gamut of life, just church or not church, nine times out of 10, you've met more amazing people than you have horrible people. It's just that those horrible people have a tendency to make a bigger impact. Like they punch real, real hard. And sometimes it doesn't feel as strong as love. And so, you know, if you focus on it uh, too much, it, it will look like your whole experience has been terrible. And I, you know, I can't say that the whole experience has been terrible. Like I said, I've been in church my entire life, like entire life. <laughs> and so, um, there have been a lot of, of friends that I've made, a lot of, of, of great um, experiences that I've had. Um, but then there had that, that overarching theme of, for me, having to unlearn a lot of things and, and go in a different direction and find out who God was for myself outside of what I was taught and check those mindsets uh, and some of that programming, come on, that that I had that wasn't beneficial to me that wasn't fitting um my life and that wasn't even biblical okay um that's problematic and I and I would just love to see the church as a whole go in a different direction a healthier direction you know because there are some people who will never go back because of what they've experienced and I get that you know but then there are those who might have just been hurt and, and they're in a place of not knowing how to let it go. And so, you know, my hope is that healing will come as a result of, of what we say uh, today. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, like one of the biggest lessons too, that, and I've learned this in church and, and from my father, right? The power of forgiveness. So I think mm -hmm. about all those people, because <laughs> sometimes we have to put it into action. Like even people we would expect to never, say or do things to harm mm -hmm. us hurt our feelings uh, you know for example people in the church it mm -hmm. happened and so you almost have to reach that point like okay <laughs> we yep. hear about forgiveness all the time I forgive this person yeah even though you know <laughs> we're, we're all Christians and we're all supposed to be following the example of Christ I know what mm -hmm. this person did was uh, it hurt me it affected mm -hmm. me and in order for me to heal from it and move on from it, I have to forgive them. Absolutely. And that's life, period. Like the power of forgiveness is, whew, you cannot, you cannot underestimate mm -hmm. how much of a burden, you know, holding on to anger and yeah. resentment. Like it's such a burden, right? Yeah. And when you let that go and you forgive a person, it's not necessarily for them, it's for you. Yeah. It's like, I'm releasing this from my spirit. You no longer have a hold on me and, and my emotions and how I feel and how I'm going to react to the situation. So right. there have been times where I've, I've had to like, you know, some of the, some of the mean folk up in church, I'm like, you know what? I forgive her. I'm just, I forgive her. 
Yeah. And it, and I mean, it takes some maturity to even be able to get to that place to do that. And I think that, you know, sometimes people struggle because number one, forgiveness and healing are not the same thing. You know, um, forgiveness is, is intentional. Um, but healing takes time. It takes, you know, I can forgive you all day for shooting me. It, it just means, you know, you shot me in the leg. I forgive you. I don't want to hurt you as a result of what you did to me. I'm, I'm let God judge the situation. That doesn't mean my leg is healed from what you did. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same thing when we receive some type of emotional shot. Okay. So somebody shot you in your heart, your, your, you know, they embarrassed you. They belittled you. They did whatever it was that they did. You might be saying, you know, you know what, I, I'm, I forgive you. I want to move forward. That doesn't mean that you're totally healed uh, or that you feel good now <laughs> as a result of what they did. And I think that where the church as a whole, um, where we miss it a lot is that it, it, I said this before, uh, it, you know, it's hard to heal when somebody keep on doing the same thing over and over. And so as a whole, it looks like we keep, we keep on causing the same damage over and over and over again. Every time you look around, somebody is saying or doing something and these are the people with the platform that's the video that's gonna go viral the one where the where the pastor's cussing people out or the one where he he's standing up there ranting and raving because the people didn't buy him a movado watch and telling the folks that they were broke busted and disgusted that video just came out too oh yes yeah. so well, I, I didn't see that sorry i didn't mean my i'm sure my facial expressions was like yeah um, like excuse me so it, it just it's just like one blow after the other blow after the other blow and it's like can we not can we just simplify this can we get back to uh, the simplicity of you know what Christ love you he loves he loves you he loves me let's try to figure out how to move forward let's let's let me try to love you like I love myself and sometimes some days we're going to get it really right and some days we're going to get it really wrong but it's a we thing we, we in this together not I'm up here you know in the hierarchy and you're down there and you better figure out your stuff because my stuff is not your stuff um so it's it, it's it's difficult I think for people to come to a place of healing and wholeness when you look around and it's more and more it feels like, like I said in the piece, like we are a hundred miles off in the, in the direction and we just keep going in that direction instead of listening to the GPS telling us, okay, take a U-turn mm -hmm. at, the, at the next block, take a U-turn at the next, <laughs> the next street, take a U-turn and we keep going. And I don't, yeah. I don't get that. Yeah, I agree. And this is my first time hearing about the Movado watch thing. Um, yeah, I'm gonna look that up later, but it made me think of something too, because we hear a lot about um, people, parishioners and people within the church, members of the congregation uh, will tell you a lot of times, and not just people within the church, but even people outside of the church, right, live in the surrounding areas, like, okay, that's great, you know, the pastor drives in his Mercedes every <laughs> Sunday and comes to church, but what are they doing for the community outside of it, and I think that's a big thing, too, where I got kind of, um, I got kind of disheartened by some of the behaviors I was seeing when I was in Detroit. And, you know, Detroit, we like a lot of flash. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like that, you know, in a lot of African-American communities, we like to yeah. see. <laughs> um, and, you know, but but I agreed. I, you know, at some point it's like, okay, you're telling everyone to have your 10%, give even more than that. And you're, you're 
taking, 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 and you see like the neighborhood around you crumbling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's almost like this. And I'm not saying that this is the case for all mega churches or all big churches that have Mm -hmm. like wealthy pastors, but it's almost like exploiting it. It's like exploitation. Mm -hmm. You're, You're taking from the people and what are they getting in return? Yes, right. they, they come to church. They have the love of God. But 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 I got really discouraged by that. Yeah. And, and I was just, you know, <laughs> these people out here hungry and homeless. Yeah. Some of them, some people are giving their last check, their last dollar, right, right. all in the name of wanting to be a good person, a good Christian. Mm-hmm. And you could see, like with some pastors and some members in leadership positions within the church, you can see it was all about money. Yeah. And so yeah. Ooh, all, or all about, about or all about that person, you know? And, yeah. and I totally agree. I think that um because it, and and don't get me wrong, some churches get it. Some of them <laughs> get it right. They right. do so much on such a huge level. You know what I'm saying? And it, even, you know, down to I'll, I'll give um Give credit where credit is due. You know, if you got a mega church, the light bill might be $40,000 a month. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> so I get it. I get that. You know, I'm not against tithing. I'm not against giving. But I do feel as though, you know, people should also see you giving, not mm-hmm. just see you taking. And that goes from the pastor to, to everybody. You know what I'm saying? On some level, if you have, you should be giving. My um, bishop in Atlanta used to say all the time, you know, trees with the most fruit should be hanging the lowest to the ground. And Ooh. he was just saying those that have the most, those should be the ones that's the most humble, the, the ones that's the easiest to reach, you know? And so I think that it would go a long way um, if pe- for the communities, if people actually saw more that was being done you know, as a whole. And even down to, you know, I'm gonna go here, even down to the church speaking up on social justice issues. Sometimes we're just too silent, Um, you know, speaking up on issues as it pertains to the black community. Sometimes we are just too silent. We don't talk about it at all. No statement is released. Um, You know, when, mass shootings and stuff happen. That's that should be the time. I, why don't I see more pastors going viral when those things happen and the country's on fire? Like w- your church needs to be going viral then. Your clips should be going viral then. But 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 I don't see that. But you you go viral, uh, you know, coming out on uh, against the Beyonce song. And I don't understand that there's a discrepancy there. And I just think that we have to reconcile that if we expect to draw more people. And at the end of the day, you're not going to draw everybody. I get it. Not everybody wants it. You know, um, you could give, give, give out millions. And at the, at the end of all things, you're still going to have some people who will die in poverty because of their mindset and their, you know, just where they are that I get that. But I think we should try on every level. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we don't try and we're so busy often distracted with things that don't really matter. We're distracted so much with the internal uh, war in the church. You know what I'm saying? Um, that we miss the big picture, you know? And I, I, you mentioned before, I think we were talking on Facebook and you said, you know, you hope people don't see this as we're attacking the church. 
Um, and I mentioned what the church is under attack, but not by MJ and the Word podcast. It's not at all. It's, <laughs> but it is under attack. It always has been and it always will be. Good will always be under attack from evil. But the, the problem is we're so busy focused on the wrong thing and attacking each other that we can't, we can't even, you know, pay attention to um, where the main thing needs to be. We have not kept the main thing, the main thing. And that's an issue. I agree with you. So let me ask you this, because, and I'm about to like go into this a little bit. And I know you would feel comfortable talking about it. I know some of our listeners might be like, oh, they're going down that dark path. But (laughs) I get a lot of follower requests on Instagram from like these high priestesses. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, you know what I'm talking about? The women who like had the crystals and they doing like the you know, and I've seen this sudden rise in the number of Black women who practice, and I don't know what the formal name of it is, but but like they'll call it like goddess worship, or I don't know if some of it is voodoo, or like I don't want to mischaracterize it or whatever, mislabel it. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this rise? And like, do you think a lot of it has to do with Black women saying, okay, boom, I'm done with the traditional church. I'm going to go into this. And even a lot of people are returning to like traditional African religions too. And mm-hmm. I just, I've, it's just been really surprising to me how many requests I've been getting. Like, I have never met this person. Who is this? And then they're like, hello, queen. We will, yeah. <laughs> I, I <sense> your energy. <laughs> like, who are you? and like I said I know some of our listeners are like oh we don't want to talk about that dark stuff but it's just a reality like there has been this rise and people following more traditional African religions mm-hmm. and some other as well absolutely there's been a rise and and you know you know just on the you know surface level whenever you use certain hashtags that's gonna happen you know whether it's a real person or a bot on the other end of it when you start using hashtags like healing or something about diversity equity and inclusion you know we use a lot of those hashtags i always put uh, a black heart and a black power fist almost every post that we make for mj in the word so you, you you know just on a surface level when you post like that and you put certain hashtags there you're going to get that. You know, when you say Black-owned business, women supporting women, things like that, you're going to get a, a, accounts that that are, that are uh, attracted to those hashtags. But I absolutely have seen um, a rise in that. And I think that, yeah, I absolutely think a, a lot of it has to do with, you know, just hurt that people have experienced. Um, you know, the path of um, Christianity, the way that it's taught, which is why I wish we would just teach it correctly, but the way that it's taught and the hypocrisy or that um, dissonance between what we teach and and what we practice, I think has just turned a lot of people off. Mm-hmm. And um, we just have to be honest. We have to be honest. There is a lot of misogyny in the Black church. It's mm-hmm. still there. You still have a lot of hierarchies. You still have women in certain denominations that can't do certain things as men can do. You still have, you know, um, things that are very patriarchal. And it, it's not about being against a man being in leadership but when you are oppressing um women 
that's a problem. You know what I'm saying? That is a problem. And so that is a real thing that we have to be honest about is that there, there is in a lot of ways, not equality between men and women in the black church. And, and I have even witnessed, oh, I've witnessed so much y'all over the years, and which is, you know, it makes me really grateful for the pastor that I have now because he is not with that crap. Okay. I said that on the first episode, I'm saying again, he is not with that crap. Um, and I've been under an excellent bishop in Atlanta who was not with that crap. You know, it was just, he just went with that crap. And I just thank God for, for that. But as a whole, the reality of it is that's there. And I have witnessed, you know, some male pastors who will write their whole sermon and it, it is to the oppression of women, to the belittling, to the stay in your placism of women, to the, you know, hey, well, this is a man, we can do whatever we want. And then, but as a woman, you need to be this, 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 and this. And, and yeah, I think, you know, Black women, when we get sick of something, we, we move on. And so I think in searching for something better, for something that it, it works, that fits them better, I think that's, you definitely have seen a rise in that. You know, it's the same as, as any other movement that we've taken on. When when the creamy crack wasn't working, we searched for what we felt like was something better. And you saw this whole rise of Black women going natural. Boom. And you better accept our hair the way that it is. I definitely think that um, it plays a part, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And you know, that's interesting. I'm glad you mentioned the patriarchy piece, because like we talked about last week, I think that played a huge role in the response to Beyonce's song um, because we have heard male rappers and male singers say some things that could be perceived as anti-church, anti-Christian, anti-faith, you know, faith, whatever, um, but they don't receive the same level of scrutiny mm -hmm. as women who may have some content that could be seen as controversial. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I just find, I've always found that ironic, but you know what else I find interesting is even though there is so much patriarchy um, in some churches, usually if you look around a church, though, if you look at who's sitting up in there, it's mostly women. Yep. So like, <laughs> and, and that's kind of like ironic too, right? Because you know, like, and a lot of women acknowledge it. They're like, yeah, they know that there is a male dominated perspective that mm -hmm. dominates what's happening in the church, yet they still go. Mm -hmm. And a lot of men, don't go to church at the same rates as women. Mm -hmm. So why? That's the part that I find I've always found really interesting. Like it, it, it is it is the church attracting? I don't know. Like why are they attracting so many women, even though they have um, a patriarchal culture in a lot of churches? You know. I mean, we gotta hit the nail on the head with that one. We gotta we have to hit the nail on the head because in a lot of ways that we support that. Let's just be realistic. Okay. You know, let's just let's just be realistic. You know what I'm saying? That 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 is from a, a very unhealed place, I believe. But a lot of us are programmed and we don't challenge the system. We don't challenge that programming. We don't challenge that thinking. And we're, you know, even amongst women, you know, even if you take this outside of a church conversation, you have women um in large numbers that mm -hmm. look down on a woman if she's not married. It, it, by a certain age 
they belittle you. If you're not married or if you don't have children, and God forbid you both, okay, you, you're, you're unmarried and without kids. There are other women who make you feel less than, who make you, uh, who say things to you that are belittling, they put you down as though your life is wrapped around um, being a wife you know, being, being with a man that, that, so the misogyny that, that has its place, even in the church, y'all, we got to be real about that thing. It wouldn't be there without, without women. We, we back it. We support it. <laughs> What's going on in our minds that causes us to do that. I think it's many, many layers uh, to that. Um, a lot of it just being what we were taught. And so many people not wanting to question what we're taught, you know, um, fear, um, being a been a big part of that and it being more comfortable to just go along with it than than challenging it um, and then you know a lot of times people don't want the responsibility of leadership so it's easier for me to just follow up behind you and instead of you know taking on the responsibility of anything else so I mean we can't just in my opinion we can't just throw all the blame on men because a lot of us not only accept it but a lot of us is you know in church situations it's like we perpetuate it mm -hmm. yeah no I wholeheartedly agree and like I said I've always found that an uh, interesting dynamic because I can't I think pretty much every church I've ever gone to in my life has always been mostly female members mm -hmm. uh, I'm just saying <laughs> I'm really thinking hard like has there ever been a situation where it has been predominantly men in those pews and no mm -hmm. <laughs> no no I mean because when you look at the grand things um <laughs> men are way less tolerant of, of they they'll leave stuff that's mm -hmm. not fitting them if they yeah. if they're not with it they out you know, and, and a lot of times in churches, the um, uh, the emotions of women are played upon, um, mm -hmm. you know, by people. And um, we are in there in a cat fight uh, sometimes. We are in there uh, fighting for significance. We are in there, you know, this is where I feel good. This is where I feel good about myself. Instead of healing internally, this is where I'm coming to, to feel better about myself. And if I can make you feel bad, that's going to make me feel better about me. And so we have a lot of work to do to heal inside, you know, because a lot of the things that I said in my spoken word piece, it wasn't even about the pastor. It wasn't even about any man. It, it, a lot of it, um, the damage and the abuse that I've experienced has been at the hands of other women. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it sounds like, like the church you're at now is like a lot better. I'm just curious what, what, what's different with the pastor there and the pastor's wife. I know you talk about her sometimes. Um, what, what, what are they doing differently where it's like, you know what, they get it. So I grew up with them, first of all. So some of the damaging things that I experienced, they experienced it too. Mm. And so <laughs> I think that that um, makes a difference. You know, it's like when you're in a situation where you are in, in anything abusive, then you got two choices when you grow up. You're either going to be an advocate for abused people or you're going to become an abuser yourself. You know what I'm saying? That's usually what you see. And so I think... It, it makes a huge difference just in their personalities um, because of the hurt that they've experienced themselves. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. 
that's what it is for me. And then, and then also, I think just being able to have that personal relationship with them and, and knowing that they're real people, they're touchable. They, they have some humility about themselves. Nobody's perfect. I mean, just period point blank, nobody is perfect, but I think that they think about the things that they've experienced before they speak to people and when they handle people and how they go about themselves. And I just feel like a lot of folks don't do that. Just don't do that. Like, think about yourself. Think, put yourself in somebody else's shoes. You know, empathy training should really be a part of become before you can become a pastor. You should really have to go through some empathy training, some sympathy training before you get any leadership position in the church. I think you should have to go through some empathy training, some sympathy training, and figuring out how to put yourself in the other person's shoes and how would you feel if if A, B, C, or D was happening to you. You know, and and I think. It's not hard to get it, man. It's not. That's why it's such a disappointment for me and why I said my relationship with the church as a whole is complicated because yeah. it, it's not hard. It's not It's not hard. We make it hard, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not hard to just treat somebody how you want to be treated and to focus on the main thing and to, you know, just say, well, I'm going to try to do my best. And when I step on your foot, I'll come back and say, hey, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Um, will you forgive me? And then we we try to walk forward together. That is not a complicated thing, but we be making it so complicated. <laughs> and I love you know what you're absolutely right. It, it it's not complicated, and I love that you touched on the empathy piece because I'll tell you, I, I will pick a going to a church with a pastor where she or he is you know empathetic, kind. You know they model you know, welcoming, loving behaviors over going to a church where the pastor is straight fire, right? They get up there, they are preaching and you like, yes, woo. And then when they get off the stage, it's just like, woo, unapproachable, mean. Yes. Talking to my secretary, you know, don't, like they don't have time for you. And I've been in that situation where like, I'm like, I love you while you're up there preaching and on stage. Mm-hmm. But after that, oh, I could do without having to interact with you. Ever, um, and, ever, and and I like I said, I'll take the person who who is consistently welcoming, loving, you know, and they may not have the 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 that fire in them. Uh-huh. Like, yes, amen. But I'll take that any day. Yeah, because <laughs> I've been in that situation firsthand. Yeah, yeah. And we we talk about you know we talked about that um in one of our other episodes when we were talking about leadership in corporate America. You know, you got. That's that's to me, that's the prime example of somebody who is uh, talented, but doesn't really have any leadership skills. So after you get through um, coming from behind that mic, um, you have absolutely no idea what to do with hurting people. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how to deal with hurting people, you really don't need to be in church leadership in any way, shape, form or fashion. If you have no grace and mercy for hurting people, and I have experienced that before where the pastor was, oh, oh my God, he could just, girl, set a whole building on fire with the sermon. But you're a narcissist. Okay, let's just be <laughs> call it what it is. Um, and just because somebody can put a good sermon together, that's talent, but that doesn't mean that they love God at all. And I had to learn that the hard way. You know, um, it's unfortunate, but you can stand up there and anybody that with intellect and a certain amount of skill can put a great sermon together. Um, but then that doesn't mean that they have a relationship with Christ at all. 
And so it's also it's it's just about looking at the person's fruit, you know, and instead of um, paying attention to that human, look at what what are they producing. That's what you need to pay attention to. <laughs> what's coming from them? You know, what type of people are around them? Who's getting better as a result of this being in this person's life versus how great they sound um, over a mic? And it is it is quite unfortunate, I believe, that so many people who have platforms um, and have position, um, but they're not in their purpose. Yeah. Oh. If that goes back to episode one, exactly. Listen to episode one. Make sure you go back <laughs> to our very first episode where we talk about the difference between position and purpose. Yeah, because they are completely different. They're not mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the first episode? I, I think. I think it was like it might have been two or three. Y'all okay. listen to all of them, then you won't have yep. a problem. There you go. Just listen go listen to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but we talk about that, right? Position. Yeah. And it comes through a lot of times. So you can mm-hmm. tell if somebody is truly living in their purpose and mm-hmm. when they just, they're living in a position, you know, yeah. um, in a state of authority. Right. Because they, they, they want the, the power, right? As exactly. Opposed. Yeah. So, and, and that's and the thing. A lot. Power without any love attached to it, it, it is dangerous. Yeah. It's dangerous and it's damaging, um, you know, because you end up. Uh, misteaching people in a lot of ways I was you know just mistaught I I have heard so many things that I had to just unlearn you know um because I grew up in a rather restrictive type of uh church environment where we had to argue about pants we had to argue about red lipstick we had to argue about red nail polish we had to argue about going to the prom or not we had to argue about dating people who were not in our denomination Come on, y'all. We had to argue about people not in our denomination going to heaven or not. I mean, it's like, dude, come on. Um, and a lot of that was ignorance, you know, but still that that doesn't mean that it didn't damage people along the way. And I've had friends, you know, who grew up with me in, in that same uh, situation and, and they on a whole different path now. Like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm not, I'm not coming back. I'm not going to be able to do that anymore. And I think for me, it's more personal. I am able to kind of separate it. And now, you know, when I go to church, I go because I want to, because I like being there. I don't go because I feel like I have to, or because I feel like I'm going to go to hell if I don't uh, go. And that was something that I had to come to on my own. You know what I'm saying? Um, But, and, and some of the meanness that I have um, experienced over the years and some of the watching the pastor run through the church, run through it. And you know what I mean by run through and still have his reputation and his image and everything intact because we, we use that. Don't, don't put your, don't put your mouth on a man of God. You know, we weaponize that and we use that as a way to tell women to shut up when they are, uh, experience some type of uh, uh, abuse or experiences some type of, you know, dude is committing adultery and don't put your mouth on a man of God. That means be quiet. Don't let it out. Don't tell anybody. Wait, just let it be exposed on its own. Don't you say anything. And watching that type of stuff can be damaging. Yeah. Um, and, and especially if you go to different places and you keep seeing the same old stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you're not careful, it can make you start to attach those attributes of people to God until you get to a place where you say, you know what, I don't want anything to do with any of it. 
And that is not Christ. That is Mm. not who he is at all. A a Mm. great big bottle of love is the best way that I could describe Jesus and, and how he handled people, I think should be our model for how we at least try to handle folks. Yes. And in some cases I'm like, are we even trying or are we just doing more harm than good, filling people's heads with fear mm-hmm. instead of love. Yes. And you know what? I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> the, that sometimes we, we can, it's hard to separate the two, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you've been in a culture long enough and you've been in a church mm-hmm. long enough where it's like, <laughs> you see the people as Christ. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves that, you know, we all, we all, make mistakes we mm-hmm. all do things that are not always in line with mm-hmm. you know right, who he was in his teachings uh, but if you if I this and this is me but I feel like if you feel like that culture you know I talk a lot about culture that's like <laughs> what I do in my job I, I talk about organizational <laughs> culture the church is an organization right yeah uh, right but if you're to that point where you feel like man this is toxic <laughs> or yeah. this this it's not the people the energy is just not what I'm getting out of it that's okay guess what it's so many other churches Mm -hmm. and just because you grew up in one church doesn't mean you have to stay there your whole life exactly there's plenty of different churches that you can get connected with where Mm -hmm. you just you find where you fit where where you feel like it's a good fit for you Mm -hmm. and vice versa it's like okay this this is good Mm -hmm. um And I've seen people go from different denominations, like some people go from, you know, Baptist to Methodist or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And you just have to find your niche. And I I am a firm believer, like there is nothing wrong with visiting different churches. If if you want to go to a church every Sunday until Mm -hmm. you find the fit, then do that. But stand in a place just because- it's damaging you and it's doing more harm than good? what's the point what's the point and you know i've I've even experienced um you keep talking about culture that's why you keep on getting those good morning queens in your inbox because you be hashtagging (laughs) culture (laughs) good morning queen i've even experienced a culture where we you know frown on we call it church hopping and we Mm -hmm. you know they would frown on people who would leave the church or who would go to and it's like i I hadn't loved christ I'm just yeah. worshiping him in a different place or maybe in a different situation is better, you know, for me. So I, I can't even understand where, why we, again, that goes back to fear. We come up with these rules to try to scare people into doing what it is that we want them to do. And that is not, that that's not long. There's no longevity in that. You can't, you know, scare people forever into doing what it is that you want them to do as if you, your way is a hundred percent right. No, it's not, you know, and, and I, and I would that everybody would take your words to heart. You know, if you're in a situation and you, it's just toxic for you, um, move on to something else. And also, let me say this, particularly to churchgoers and people who are, are very adamant about being in church and who are faithful to church, it is okay if you need to take some time to heal from church work, please, because it, when you don't, you can let yourself get to a place where you are irritated, you're frustrated, you're angry, and you're hurt yourself. And all you can do is spew out hurt 
to other people. You're not going to be able to be helpful in those situations. And so I, you know, I didn't just grow up in church. I grew up in church work. I mean, they started us young, you know, doing the work of the church. And I don't think you should let anybody bully you or push you into continuing to do uh, church work when you need to sit down and you need to just be fed or you need to be in a place where you're you're healing and you're tired. You know what I'm saying? I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. And I don't think that it diminishes you in the kingdom of God at all. I don't think God looks at you any differently. If you say, you know, I'm going to get off this committee. I'm going to let y'all have this for a little while. I just need to come in here and just sit and just take a minute to heal because doing church work, um, it, it's not easy. I can tell you that right now. You get beat up, baby. You get beat up. And it's, it's often not the outsiders. It's not the homeless folks. It's not the addicts. It's not, you know, <laughs> the people who you quote unquote would call sinners or whatever. It's not them. It's not the quote unquote world that's beating you up. It's the other church folks. Mm -hmm. uh, the other folks that's saying they saved, the other people that's working in the same ministry as you, where you constantly feel beat up and under attack by those same folks. And uh, if all your life you had to fight, honey, take this as your sign. This, you may just need to go to your neutral corner and sit down for a while. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't change your status in God's eyes um, if you need to heal from church work. Because if you don't, I promise you, you end up walking away from church altogether. Yes. Yep. And that's exactly what happens to a lot of people. And I would add on to that. If you need to take a break, take a break. And if you are in a position where you see somebody who may be struggling with addiction or who may have, you know, whatever it may be, and you see them at church. And if you want to be that person, like, you know what? I know everybody might have different views about what this person may have done or some mm -hmm. of the decisions they may have made that may not have been the best, but I'm going I'm to extend an olive branch. I may reach out to this person and say, you know what? I was there too. I, mm -hmm. I had issues I was drinking, I was going to the club or whatever. I say, I, I think that's the type of behavior I would like to see us model. More mm -hmm. of that judgmental culture. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, that's the biggest thing, I think, between just the the exploitation in terms of the money and not supporting the communities around you. Mm -hmm. And then I think that judgment and, and not really embracing people, that's where I almost was like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like if I never go to another church, it'd be too soon. Uh, but luckily, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, serious. I'm so serious. I'm like, I'm so tired of y'all. church, <laughs> Right. <laughs> but luckily, you know, I was able to find a place where I feel like this is a good fit for me. Everybody gets it. We're on, we're on the same page and people yeah. have like, good heart and good intentions yeah right and and we have to we have to start accepting that that is important you mm. know the bible talks about what you do to the least of these who you or we consider the least of these you're doing the same that's like you're doing it for jesus right mm. himself and so we have to to stop acting like it is more important to be um, the evangelist missionary to the more important to be the prophet of the house. It's more, I'm so sick of these hierarchies, man. It, you know, we, it's more important to be the bishop or the pastor or standing next to that person than it is to see somebody on the street on their last leg and you hand them a bottle of water. It's not more important. One thing is not more important to the other, not in God's eyes. It's not, you know, that's ministry too. 
um, you know, giving to a, a homeless shelter, that's ministry too. That's the type of stuff that gets overlooked. We don't, it's not glamorous, right? It's not having a bunch of people standing in line and you put your hands on them and all of them just start passing out one after the other that is what we we praise we lift that up oh my god that person's so anointed they're so powerful we got to make sure we treat them a certain way but then you got you know people who may do like you said and see somebody in a church that looks sad or look like they don't know anybody and walk up to them and just hug them and be that friendly face and smile that is just as important sometimes in my opinion more so <laughs> okay uh, to go after that one sheep than all of the big things that we see that get the viral video clips you know what i'm saying they get the oh you know you got the attention of the whole wide world for doing this so those things that you do that are small that are in secret that's god too that's that's anointing too that's prophetic too. If you walk up to somebody and just say, you know, have a beautiful day. I hope that everything goes well for you. You don't even know what you just did for that person. They could have been suicidal. They could have been depressed. They could have been feeling like the, the bottom of the barrel. And here you come just being kind. That is God. And I think that, you know, we have to stop um, making this difference between each other you know so so I think it's important that we bridge that gap between the pulpit and the arms and legs you know and and not make it as though we belittle people who have a different type of ministry or, or people who are going outside the four walls of the church because that's important too you know and it's like everybody's clamoring to be in front of the camera and all of that but, you know, just like you were saying, that person who may be reaching out to, um, you know, to somebody that other people don't view as important, that that matters. That yes. matters. Yes, it truly does. And, you know, when I actually see that modeled in the church, I call it out. Like when I see like a church, just, like if I, let's say I'm visiting the church, I'm out of town. Um, and I decide, okay, I'll get up on Sunday and just go just, you know, so I can get a, get a word or whatever. But when I see it, I'll be like, now this, this is how it's done. And like, you'll see me give churches shout outs on Twitter or, mm -hmm. you know, wherever, um, or just me acknowledging them. Like, thank you so much for being welcoming and for what mm -hmm. you, um, what you've displayed today. I think this is awesome. And I think more people need to do that too. Cause I think if we actually, as, as, church goers said you know this is this is what we want to see this is what makes us want to come feeling mm -hmm. invited feeling welcome feeling like okay there's love here feeling like this is what christ would have done mm -hmm. um i think more more people would would consider like okay maybe we need to change how we do some things yes <laughs> yeah. and and do more pass on his message and not pass on our message you know right um, because, you know, you talked about this, um, a little bit in our private conversations, but, you know, we, we pass on a lot of messages, particularly to women that are just false, that are, that are incorrect. We give people false hopes. We, you know, I've had so many false prophecies in my life 
that it, I mean, I can't even explain, like it would have me crazy if I listened to it. And so much stuff from even from other women uh, in the church, women are, you know, you're supposed to be looking up to and they're telling you stuff that is their message and not God's message. And some folks gonna get mad at me for saying this, but I'm gonna go here anyway. I know the, the you know, we, we've had a huge issue, especially since, um, the previous presidency with the with the white quote unquote Christian uh, evangelicals, um, and that's an issue. And we're talking about you know mostly black church because that's our experience. But for those white churches that are for real and are not racist, okay, um, a lot of times you there's a huge difference in the way the pastor acts and carries himself in those ministries than in the black church. I mean, dude will come straight about the audience with his little dockers and his Kmart shirt on and come up there and he been sitting out there right next to everybody else. You didn't even know who he was and the church may be huge, right? And I'm not saying they broke and they don't have the money. I'm not saying that, but they blend in. And, and until he walks up there and takes that microphone in his hand, you might not have known who he was. Our churches, a lot of times, oh, Jesus, is so much pomp, circumstance. We got 50 of them titles on the pastor. We got to do a whole, you know, we throwing um, the palm leaves at the feet. You know, it's like coming to America just when he come, you know, every Sunday. And I think a lot of that speaks to, you know, our internal insecurities, um, it's, it goes back to some things I said in the um, spoken word piece about, you know, this is the hierarchy of significance um, now. And I think it's really, really time to bridge that gap and realize that when Jesus is in play, we it's all equal. The playing field is level. There's not all of this, I'm up here, you down here type of stuff going on. So I just think that's something that I hope to see us do better at as we move forward as a, as a whole. You know, but I totally agree with you. I think it's interesting. I have gone to some different churches um, and I have seen a difference in terms of, like, like I said, I'm from Detroit, so it can get a little flashy, you know, yeah. the gators, the colorful suits, you know, <laughs> It, it, so it is a different dynamic, though, when you feel like you see the pastor and there's a certain humility there uh -huh. trying to be above the people, but just know I'm a part of the people. Wow. You know? And that's not to say, like, because I will say I do think people in leadership, you know, they, they should carry themselves with a certain confidence and, um, so that people can be drawn into what they're saying. But at the same time, it needs to come off in a way that's authentic. Um, and I will say most of the white churches I have gone to, predominantly white churches, it, it has been more relaxed in that sense. Like even it, you look at the congregation, people have on khakis, maybe a polo shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some people have on jeans. Whereas, you know, some churches, if, if you even step foot in there without anything other than the Stacey Adams suits, you know, shoes, or like a, a, a big church hat the size of Texas, you know, you got to come in, like, they will talk about you. Uh -huh. <laughs> You're not dressed a certain way. So I do think, I think that's important to, to think about all those things as you try to bring in, if, if your goal is to attract different members, 
and to be a place where all feel welcome, then you do have to kind of think about the perception that can have if, if you're, if you could be perceived as like, oh, she or he thinks they're way above the rest right. of us. Right. And, and that's not to say, you know, that I think all pastors should be broke or that I think it's wrong for the pastor to drive a Benz or, I mean, because the, let's just be real. I've been, had the opportunity in my life to be very, very close um, to some pastors. Even when I was at a mega church in Atlanta, I had the, the wonderful privilege of being close um, and they work hard. They are hard when they're in it and their heart is in it and they're working for people. They work hard. Let's just, I'm just going to put that out there. So I won't even take that away from those who are doing what they're, you know, called to do. It's not a job that I would ever want. You couldn't pay me enough to do it um, because I've seen some of the behind the scenes crap of what they have to deal with. So there are going to be people who always will love their their leaders, whether they be male or female, enough to want to give them things. They will want to give give them money. Where your heart is, that's where your money gonna go. So if if I love my leader, then I may be somebody that wants to bless them with something, or you know. So I'm not saying that I that I even have a problem with seeing the pastor drive a band. Some people just think that it's just oh my god, here the bands, and then I mean everybody. In the, I know everybody in the parking lot not gonna be in the bands. Okay, everybody in the parking lot is not doing the work that the pastor is doing. So I don't I don't think that uh for some folks the pastor wouldn't get any more respect if he was riding the bus you know let's just be real so it's not to say that i think that um you know the the leader should have to be broke um <laughs> but i also think that um it, it means you don't treat people differently who don't have what you have it means that if i'm in a business and you walk in we still the same I'm still going to love you the same. I'm still going to treat you the same. I'm still going to make sure that my congregation understands that you don't, somebody walk in here and they got jeans on with holes in it and their shoes are run over. You don't treat that person like they're less than sister so-and-so with her gigantic hat on and her red bottoms. That's where we, where I have a problem. I don't have a problem with what you got on, but don't look at me funny for what I have on because I, at the end of the day, God is looking at us exactly the same, right. period. <laughs> So I think that's that's where, you know, we have to start to, to learn how to bridge that gap. And, and I've said this a million times and I'm going to say it again, but love is the only thing that can do that. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, what I hope out of all of this is that we can have more conversations in the church and, and have meaningful conversations where different people give different insights. Mm -hmm. um, and we can move in a direction where it's like, okay, we are trying to become better as a whole yeah. so that we can appeal to more people. And, and not just, it, it's not so much of like, you're trying to go out and be like, okay, all right, we got to recruit the most people, get them. But, you know, ultimately a big part of what a lot of our churches do is we're called to evangelize mm -hmm. and we are called to, to, to reach out to people. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think with outreach has to be a little bit of, mm -hmm reflection like and self-awareness like okay yes. what are we doing well what can we do better as a collective yeah and I, I just would like to see more meaningful conversations taking place and mm -hmm. people being receptive to potentially changing some things mm -hmm. you know just like change is not bad like sometimes I, I get tradition is important I, I, I honor tradition but sometimes we have to evolve a little bit like because we just we're losing folks left and right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're turning each other off. And so how can we expect to have any converts or to have, you know, to, to get people back who may be uh, lost or who desperately need 
that that love you know how can we even begin to reach them and we're not even kind to each other you know so that's that's my hope is that people will find healing um you know from what we're saying and also that if you've been that person that's been mean or been rude or been you know feeling like your significance is wrapped up in your church title that you can see a different way and go in a different direction because that's not it that's not that's not going to uh to draw people at all period definitely well i bj i gotta tell you i have enjoyed this dialogue these past two weeks uh because i think I, I I went into this knowing like okay we might ruffle some feathers but it, it is what it is it's like you know what we're we're all a part of the same community we're part of the church too and right. you know we like to have an opinion about what we look, would like to see in the church yeah but really overall I feel like a lot of people have enjoyed it I did get like a message or two like okay yeah that was really good I'm glad y'all said it and you know people are commending us for you know sharing our perspective because a lot of people are too scared to touch it they're like no we're not right we don't want (laughs) to make anybody angry (laughs) (laughs) but you know we like let's go let's dip our toe in this controversial water and talk about these tough subjects we don't care you know and and my thing is this like I have been (laughs) I have gotten so many blows and so many bruises and so much damage over the years um that I think it I don't I don't know that anybody you know any church people could say anything to me that I haven't already heard before uh so if I have to take the risk and and it means that even one person will say you know what I'm gonna look at myself and I'm gonna be a little bit more kind or, you know, I'm going to be nicer. Or somebody looks at themselves and says, you know what? I really need to heal from what happened to me at church. I want to heal. I want to forgive. I want to move forward. If even one person takes that message away, then it's worth whoever, you know, wants to be mean and, and, and lash out and, uh, and, and prove our point. Thank you so much for those that will, that will take that stance and will absolutely prove our point. We appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> this has been good though. I've enjoyed it and I, and I know a lot of people um that's why I felt like it was important to say it but there are a lot of people doing great work too and a lot mm-hmm. of people are doing the right thing and so I think when you see it just call it out be like thank you thank you you know you all made me feel really welcome today uh but we, yeah as a collective we got a lot of work to do mm-hmm. we'll get there hopefully one day maybe not but <laughs> We got to keep trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's real. That's real. Yeah. Well, thank you all for joining us, and be on the lookout for a new episode every week. And if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel or to our um, podcast channel on your favorite podcast platform, be sure to subscribe and hit the notification button so that way you get a notification anytime we upload a new episode. So we love you all, and thank you for continuing to rock with us. See y'all next time. Thank you.